Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 115, Herb Lab, all about pumpkin spice. Brought to you by Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is a free integrated health clinic in Eugene, Oregon. We are a 501c3, so your donations are tax deductible. Go to occupy-medical.org. And Candace Hunter Creations. Candace Hunter Creations, teaching groups and individuals how to create health and wellness through natural living. Learn more at candacehunter.com. And Hunter Creation, graphic design and website designers, where their motto is, yes, they can do that. Look, up, look, look for, for them to do your, new, your next website or rebranding or other marketing materials. You can visit them at huntercreation.com. And Ace High Heat Graphics. If you're looking for custom and printed shirts for your company or organization, look at them at acehighheatgraphics.com. Sue, you're going to be at an event coming up here. Yes, I am. There, on December 2nd and 3rd, there is a symposium or, or a conference, whatever you might call it. Here a, in, gathering. a gathering. A gathering. A gathering mm-hmm. in uh, Eugene, Oregon at the Campbell Senior Center, downtown Eugene near 5th Street Market in a lovely little place. And it's called Decolonizing Natural Medicine. And there's a variety of speakers I'm one of, I'm the last one on Saturday. It's a day-long event, right? <laughs> it's a day, yeah, two days. A two-day event, yeah, okay. Yeah, the first day, it'll be a series of speakers, and uh, then the second day, it's on how to wildcraft safely. Heron Bra has come in, and she's going to be talking about, you know, triangulating yourself in the woods and, nice. you know, making sure that you're safe and also talk a little bit about um, being safe for the plants yeah, that you're picking sustainably sustainably sort of yeah yeah and it part of being sustainable is making sure that you are sustainable your personal self you come out go into the woods and you come right back out right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're really pleased to offer that one and if you go on to the Xenia center website it's spelled z-a-n-i-y-a-n center then you'll see the conference listed there and there should be a link for that in our show notes sure. for today's show you bet writing it down great um we also have some social media promotion Sue, you had said there was some um youtube information you wanted to set out for people yeah i hope that people subscribe to our channel because we are putting up quite a few more little cl- short ones at least i've been having a uh my hobby has been making these little one to two minute videos on tips for herbalists and if you subscribe then that means when it's coming up for, for the season for instance oregon grape right now you know people are harvesting that so if you subscribe then it come you get the little reminder oh look at that there's a new one on oregon grape which as an herbalist i'm i'm taking care of right now and this one on oregon grape which we featured at the herbal nerd society that was our our herb of choice for the month uh then it shows my friend who has this great technique for scraping the roots really fast and getting a really good harvest. So you can see him doing it. And uh, that is the just our little YouTube channel. Great. What about um, anything on Facebook that we want to talk about? Oh, well, we're always putting up new things. We try to have new stuff every week. And we notice that we're getting a whole bunch more people subscribing. We're at like 3,700 or 3,800 or something. It's it's nice, creeping up yay. really fast. Yeah, like before we were all excited. Oh, we have 20 new subscribers this week. And I was like, oh, 60 to 70. Nice. So here come the yay. numbers. And again, that's a great platform for interacting with us. So yeah. 
Thank you. Thank for you sure. For supporting us. And we're on Pinterest as well. And I believe, what is that? Do you know what our name is there? Because I can't remember. It's a weird one, isn't it? Or is it Practical Herbalist? I don't know. Well, I think it is Practical Herbalist. And the then you yeah, also have the hashtag, the Practical Herbalist. So again, if you're um, doing herbal stuff and want to share, would love to see, you know, pictures of baby goats rule the world right now. And, oh, uh, I love baby course. goats. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's a fun one. We like seeing those. And anything with pumpkin spice would be great to have a an awesome shot with that. Remember, tag it, uh, the Practical Herbalist, uh, or hashtag the Practical Herbalist, and also um, find us on Pinterest and uh, at our at our uh, follow us on Pinterest. Sorry. Yes. Trying to remember all the little stuff. So much. It's hey. all over social media. So, Twitter. So it's, it's, what is it, late October, early November when we're recording this, and it's time to start thinking. I know, I know, the pumpkins aren't even composting yet, but it's time to think about the holiday, the big one. The, hol- the red and green holiday. The red and green yeah, holiday. Yeah. yeah. So with, with that in mind, uh, Candice, what's the Herbal Nerd Society special that's going to be by about mid-November or so? We were going to be doing a special for if you all want to sign up for a year worth of Herbal Nerd Society, you can get a second membership at half price. So you can oh. give Herbal Nerd Society membership as a gift. Oh, that would be great. That's a good idea. So yeah. sign up for yourself yeah. and get a gift for folks, for other folks. And yep. I think that would be the yearly membership, right? Yes. The that's for the annual membership. membership. Yeah. The annual membership. Okay. Well, that's really nice because when we put up that little post on Facebook about you know, we have articles that everyone can see at least part of it, but for herbal nerd societies, they get to see the entire thing. And we have people saying, I can't see the entire thing. I know you have to be yes, a member. You do. It, yeah, yeah. 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 It's that's yeah. your five buck rule, you know? Five yeah. Like truck. for instance, November is herb of the month is Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Good so if you for want the to learn heart. all about, you know, get some cool articles on Hawthorne, mm-hmm. you want to become part of the Herbal Nerd Society. Yep. There's specific ones. Mm-hmm. We also have custom aprons that say put an herb on it. So those will be available as well around mid-November. Uh, we're hoping to have those up on the on the um, store uh, right. a little bit later, but we're looking for those. Those are great gifts, um, stuff you can work on in the kitchen without getting... Mm-hmm. Full of stuff, and mm-hmm. they have pockets, so they'll catch that stuff. They're the perfect for making herbal preparations, and they yes, have they a dandelion <laughs> on it, it's super right? Cute. And let's see dandelion. what else. Oh, the other thing is, remember, you can fill up your brand new Christmas Kindle with ebooks from the Practical Herbalist. That's right. Yes, we that's a good thing 11, to do. Eleven books. Yep, got eleven titles out there, folks. That's right. Everything from. The herbal, um, not the herbal, I'm sorry, the pocket herbal mm-hmm. from Sue and um, zombie. Herbalism, herbalism for the zombie apocalypse. Right. right. <laughs> and, Be prepared. And then a whole bunch of, um, not monographs, what do they call Candace? Yeah, monographs. We monographs? call them herbal Correct. folios, we but they're, mono- folios. They're, they're monographs. They're extended monographs. A lot of mm-hmm. times it seems like herbalists do monographs where the information on the herb is fairly short mm-hmm. and then there's a ton of recipes. And ours are kind of the opposite. There's, there's a couple usually, recipes. Yeah, there's a we couple recipes. recipes. Yes. There's a couple recipes, and if you want more, we usually have plenty on the on the Practical Herbalist website. Yeah, most of which are for free. Yes, but we really put our energy in writing the herbal folios into gathering data and and experience and putting all our wisdom, all that we know about the particular herb, mm-hmm. into the pages. Yeah. So we have things that are, we talk about the science and the constituents and the chemistry of the herbs, but we mm-hmm. also talk about 
how they've been used in the past, um, folklore and folk mm-hmm. uses, energetic uses. Yep. We try to give them a pretty good buffet. Mm-hmm. How to grow the herb. That's right. And how and to... And it's written by such talented writers. Yes. It's yes. a page turner. <laughs> so it's, it's really, it's very comprehensive. We mm-hmm. aim to be comprehensive on our herbal folios. Yep. And they are well documented. We've got a lot of resources in the back. Oh, so yes. there's plenty of places to go for further information. Yep. Plenty. All right, now on with the show. Show 115, Herb Lab, Pumpkin Spice. Man, I got to tell you, this has been a week of pumpkin spice. It has. Every every other time that I uh, I do it, it's just pumpkin spice, and it's in the house, it's in the lattes, it's everywhere I go. It's in our incense, for God's sake. Right? So, <laughs> with that in mind, this is a, this is an, uh, not a redo, but a more... Spicy closer examination of some of the stuff that we've done over the past week about and with pumpkin spice and the individual spices that go into it. So now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sucier Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sucier Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Mm-hmm. So you've been working with the pumpkin spice this week, Sue? <laughs> you bet I have. I've, I've taken pumpkin spice every single day. Awesome. Yep. I'm impressed. Is that to keep the doctor away? Um, well, my friends would be sad if I said that because I do have many friends that are doctors, but it is, in fact, I, I do feel like it's helped me process. I had a little, um, owie mm. and I felt like it, it helped me with my owie. I had a, my owie. Topical skin injury. Yes. Topical, it is a skin, topical injury. skin injury. Yeah. And mm. you know, pumpkin spice medicinally, just when we were reviewing all the great things that these herbs do, what we saw in common was circulation, circulation, circulation. Yes. You know, so it's yeah. really not a surprise that it healed up. Yes. They're all blood movers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. So, yeah, I mean, I have a drip coffee. Close your ears, Patrick, but this is a drip coffee maker. How I make my coffee. <laughs> and I put a scoop of the pumpkin spice blend that is on the recipe is on our website. A scoop? A scoop. Well, like I, a tablespoon a spoon, or a so, or a teaspoon. It's a cute. I have a smaller drip coffee maker. Mm-hmm. It makes it's not the ten cup one because then that's a lot of coffee for yeah, just you. It would be like the Tasmanian devil. Yeah. No, it's just like a little two. It's supposed to be for two cups. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so when you say, I say, how scoop, big is your like scoop? A, maybe a maybe a teaspoon, teaspoon less so. than that. Yeah, it's okay. a little cute little spoon. A ceramic cute spoon of measurements. I don't really know how much. Okay, I just <laughs> well, because, you know, like, a scoop in my house could be you know a tablespoon, a shovel, or, or a, two, or yeah. it could actually be as small as a quarter teaspoon. So yep. it kind of all depends which scoop you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, yeah. What's your yeah. definition of a scoop? So yeah. when you say drip coffee and scoop, I'm, I'm those in, two together. Yeah, I'm yeah. envisioning the Probably white like scoop. Yeah, a fourth you know. of a teaspoon. That makes about okay. sense for, yeah. for, for that makes sense, yeah. Because yeah. I can still taste it. It doesn't overpower the taste of coffee, but it's there, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, and Patrick made a lovely pumpkin spice latte for you today. Yes, with a pumpkin on it. There's a picture a of cute, scary uh, pumpkin. <laughs> uh, Candace took a picture of the pumpkin. Yeah, you can go to um, the herbalist, the practical herbalist on Instagram and check it out. It. And I think it went to it should be posted on Facebook as well. Yeah. Oh my god, cute. I, I totally made a mistake in the intro. I meant to say Instagram, but Pinterest was coming out. 
so that's why yeah we have that too but but i was trying that's why you're looking at me and i was like i don't know what the pinterest one is yeah but i'm supposed but i'm but everything i said around it was all instagram yes i was confused but (laughs) so folks look at instagram yeah practical herbalist is trying i'm beginning i'm beginning to build a right so it's instagram okay well i noticed that the pit the if you look at the picture on instagram you're going to see a slightly different facial expression than my coffee has now. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, <laughs> sup- I'm kind of sipping on a little bit, and it was a pumpkin, and now it looks more like perhaps a, a ghost. A, yeah, yeah with just a little ghosty. Perhaps some gastric distress. I don't know. A ghost, like looks... from Casper, one of Casper's uh, sibling ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, the pumpkin yeah. from Scream. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, well, what I did. A little differently on on that one is I ground cardamom really fine in our spice grinder. Mm -hmm. And I put that in the bottom of my hopper or in my portafilter for our espresso machine. And then put the espresso grind on top of that. And then had the hot water and pressure infuse that out. And um, And that was a double shot. Double shot. It was a double shot shot of espresso with probably easily a teaspoon of ground cardamom. Yeah, and that is the first thing that I tasted. Right, which, first thing. which I, I've i done this many times before, and you'll get a subtle cardamom, but since we I had it with um, milk and pumpkin spice, I wanted it to be there. I just didn't think it was going to be that much there. It's a little mm-hmm. bit strong. So, so maybe a half a teaspoon might be a better yeah, way half to a teaspoon. go, folks. And you can do that in a drip coffee maker as well. It may not be as intense. Maybe you want to use a little bit more. Go ahead and practice mm-hmm. it out. But So ground ca- cardamom? Cardamom, yeah, cardamom yeah, cardamom. Okay. Not the pods, but the right. seeds themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do that often just because um, I like the flavor of it. And it's it's like it adds a sweetness to your coffee without adding sweetener. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. And yeah. it's good for you. The cardamom is just good for it's you. It's good for general. your digestion. Yeah. Yeah. It's all around good for you. So. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I put the pumpkin on there for you. Yes. Because it's adorable. Yes. Right. And cardamom is very, very good for you. It does have the antioxidant enzymes, which help you with your cholesterol levels. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of nice. And it's funny that a lot of these herbs and pumpkins, pumpkin spice, they're often put into coffees, but um, they also help kind of regulate heart conditions. So if you're taking the coffee to up your heart, your heartbeat, then these mm-hmm. will kind of reduce it a little bit. Yeah. So your body will say, oh, okay, I'm just going to be cool here, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you put uh, pumpkin spice things into different things, like they're your soup. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do a soup this week, but I have done curry. I did one that it's sort of like a super easy take on stroganoff. In no, the, so in that okay, I did say this, what a stroganoff is. So the stroganoff that I grew up with is a cream or sour cream based stew that has beef, usually like flank steak in it, onions, mushrooms, and then I grew up with one that was just nutmeg was the only spice that was put in. Mm-hmm. I've and, heard about the Midwest and nutmeg. I've heard like I yeah. listened to Lake Wobegon. They yeah. talk about nut- yeah. nutmeg. That's how I learned yeah. about that. Yeah. So that that's yeah. the one that that I I kind of grew up with, and the one that I did this week was a sort of a take on that. In that I it was and it was a completely vegetarian one or not vegan, but because I use sour cream, mm-hmm. but I used um, some. Let's see, it was uh, 
oysters and shiitake mushrooms. Oh. And I fried those in some Once olive oil. Did you harvest them yourself? No, I wish I could say I did, but no, oh, okay. I actually did not harvest those myself. I did it a couple different times and I did use, at one point I used some, ch- some chanterelles and another point I used some boletus. Um, that you harvested those? That we harvested, yeah. yeah. But I still used the shiitakes and the oysters as the base for it. Mm-hmm. So I fried those up in some olive oil, and then I added some pumpkin spice to it, and I added some garlic, some thinly sliced garlic cloves, because mm. I wanted to get the garlic in there, mm-hmm. the the you know antibacterial and yeah, you know health benefits, health benefits of that. Yeah, yeah, and then so then when when it's all you know fried and ready, looking good, then mm-hmm. you add the sour cream right at the very end, and then serve it over noodles. You know, I've been doing more thinly sliced garlic. Mm-hmm. Then I used to just chop it or mince it really fine. Yeah, and I was being lazy, but <laughs> but I just I, I like the taste it. of the garlic. Yeah, so if I come up with a little chunk, then it's it's, it's nice, delicious yeah. to me. Yeah, and if you cook it just right, it has that wonderful roasted buttery flavor to it mm-hmm. that you really don't get when you mince it. Yep, that's yeah. very true. Yeah, and certainly you're not getting that with powder. Yeah, definitely. Powder, you really got to add it at the very end. And I've run into lots of recipes that they say, now is the time to add the garlic. And if you're working with garlic powder or Uh garlic granules, then no, don't do that. Right. Use it. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to really taste it. Right. So that's, that's, if you're, you know, if you're using with fresh garlic, that's one thing. Right. But good Lord. Yeah. Well, I mean, the different ways that you cut, and cook any given spice or not cook when you roast it. All of those things changes the flavors and it also changes the effect of the herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, roasting an herb like cumin will give it more heat. So it's more warming and moves, works on your digestion, improves your cir- circulation more so than if you just have, just add cumin. So if you're making a pot of chili right, and you want to get that, you want to increase digestion uh-huh. or improve. You don't want to have the house of farts. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you can take your you can take your whole cumin seed and put it in a dry, just a dry skillet on warm to medium. You'll have to watch it. Uh-huh. And when you see the cumin seeds begin to ever so slightly expand, uh-huh. and they'll turn a slightly smaller or slightly darker, redder, slightly redderish shade of brown. So they'll, Wait, you they'll got it on color. hot? On hot? On, on medium, medium, it, it kind of depends on your stove. You don't okay. want to do it too hot. I mean, it, you don't want to burn it. Yeah, you don't want to burn them because they'll become acrid and they won't taste good. They'll get bitter. Mm-hmm. But if you do just that light amount, they'll come out with that warm roasted flavor that you, people find in salsas, but they can't replicate at home. Mm. A lot of times that's because the cumin that went into it was roasted. Aha. Uh-huh. So then you roast your cumin, you get it off. As soon as it gets the right color, take it off, not just off the heat, but pop it, empty it into like a glass dish or mm-hmm. something else so that it will cool off immediately. Just like with nuts, they'll con- the seeds will continue to cook if you don't get them into a cool environment right, straight away. because they have oil in, in them yeah. themselves and that will continue to heat. Okay, right. yeah. Uh-huh. So then from there, you can add them straight into your chili or you can throw them in your spice grinder when they're cool, powder mm-hmm. them and add them in. And if you add them without powdering them, you'll have one flavor. And if you add them with powdering, you'll have a different flavor. It's part of how Indian cooks can get such an amazing array of flavors out of just a tiny number of spices. Mm-hmm. So they can have a kitchen and, and have only three spices to work with and give you different food flavors all week long because they know how to 
change the effect and the flavor of each of the spices by cooking or grinding or, or yeah yeah interesting yeah chemistry it's mm-hmm. wonderful it's not just for breakfast anymore so yeah that was my big like savory experiment this week we did one experiment with stewed fruits and pumpkin spice stewed fruits yeah how'd you like that one patrick the stewed um, fruit experiment i like the stewed fruit um i stewed fruit. it was nice i i think um um i would have done a couple of things but since it was our first experiment with it yeah it what good. fruits it was um well it was what here's what i have for you today i have mm-hmm. some locally harvested grapes from our yard right sure mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. some they local, were the red ones yes, which and, right now those grape vines are full of starlings mm-hmm. oh yeah good, it's, good. It's, yeah they need the yeah, food we're done need. we're done harvesting i told Candace we have enough grapes our freezer is full of grapes we're good yeah. uh-huh yeah we do so but and then I think it was was it peaches or apricots? I thought the apricots, not apricots. I'm sorry, peaches. nectarines. They're either uh, peaches some or kind nectarines. of stone fruit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think they might have been nectarines. I'm not sure. Yeah, we bought I a whole forgot. bunch of nectarines um, this summer, and then we freeze them for smoothies and whatever else, pies, mm-hmm. whatever tricks are fancy. But in this case, it was pumpkin spice stewed fruit. Yeah, we normally eat or have a protein shake with smoothie. Mm-hmm. And then we add fruits to it to make it more robust because, you know, honestly, for me, just a little shake in the morning is not enough to go all day, mm-hmm. you know, at least not half the day. Occupy Medical is a free street reach integrated health clinic that demonstrates by example that healthcare really is a human right. We're an all volunteer clinic of doctors, nurses, herbalists, and others working together to heal the community. What kind of donations are you guys looking for? We need vitamins, herbs, socks, toothbrushes, and, of course, good old-fashioned money. You can find a complete list of our needs and contact information at Occupy-Medical.org. Occupy Medical is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So I noticed this last week, it's fall, and I've noticed that my digestive system is wanting to, is, is feeling more cold, like in the fall and then into winter, you really shouldn't eat raw foods as much because it cools your digestive fires, which means that you don't absorb as much of the nutrients. Huh. And um, it can also increase the amount of dampness in your system. And it can be harder for your liver to process everything that it gets when your digestive system is more damp and cold. Huh. So I noticed that shift has happened for me, and, and I'm noticing it this year more than in years past, probably because I'm getting older. <laughs> right, know? right, right. So I noticed that when we, earlier the week, in the week, we had the our regular shake, and um, I had the, the real, the two things that I noticed strongly that tell, told me cold and damp have like started up, mm-hmm. is that my sinuses got that slightly more swollen feeling. So it's not like I can't breathe, but you know how when you're, sometimes when you wake up in the morning, first thing, it's almost like your sinus passages are a little bit swollen Mm. and it takes, you know, getting up and getting moving and then they clear out and you're fine. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not an illness. It's just dampness. Yeah. Dampness is collecting. My nose sponge is full. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's not a scientific term, folks. And the second, second thing I noticed was that my tongue got that slightly swollen feel. You know, oh. sometimes you get that slightly swollen feel. And if you look at your like tongue, the back of your throat, no, the tongue, my tongue, the itself, actual tongue, my actual tongue. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I'll notice when that gets the slightly swollen feel, I'll notice that I can feel the sides of my teeth with my tongue more than normal. And it's, it's just a very subtle, but odd feeling. Mm. 
And if you look in the mirror, when you see it, you'll notice that you have like teeth marks on the sides of your teeth. It looks almost like your tongue, instead of being a nice smooth curve, has these sort of fluted marks in it. Wow. I do so, not, I do not spend any time looking at my tongue. Well, when I feel that, I always go and go, take a look. I'm gone. like, okay, am I like imagining things? Oh no, look, it, it does tell me my tongue is ever so showing, showing that my digestive system's a little bit damp. You should take pictures of that. Oh God, you'd be surprised how many pictures I actually have of things like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the whole thing was that I noticed the ice cold shake I had had, had had an immediate effect. I mean, this was within an hour of having it had an immediate effect on my digestive system. And like I thought better or worse for worse. Cause you know, the cold and damp feelings, you know, like having your tongue slightly, so that's not good, mm-hmm. you know? And it means what it means ultimately I know like chemistry wise is that my system isn't going to absorb any nutrients. I give it as easily. And it's going to be taxed, which means that flus and colds will have an easier time invading because I'm weakened. Mm-hmm. And I'll be more likely to get more tired more easily because when you're cold and damp, you kind of want to huddle in and, you know, shelter, right. which leads to feeling tired. And, you know, none of these things are helpful in the fall. Right. <laughs> so, yep. Yep. So I decided that I would combat the cold problem with some pumpkin spice cocoa. And it actually worked. Uh-huh. So I started off with, you know, cocoa, which... That's like the best medicine ever. Yes, it was. It was very good medicine. I was pleased. So cocoa itself is a a warming spice and it promotes circulation and motion. Mm -hmm. And then I made it using... I used coconut milk. Sorry, Sue. I'm allergic to those words. I wish you'd stop saying them. Sorry. But it... Both milk and coconut. Coconut milk. Stop it. I'm starting to swell. (laughs) But it's also, that one's also a slightly warming as opposed to soy milk, which is dampening and promotes more dampness. Mm-hmm. And it, soy milk can promote heat as well. But because of the fact that I was having the damp signs, I decided to go with coconut milk, which is a little more drying. Yes, it is drying. So, yep. Yeah. So I figured yeah. that that would be smarter. Right there. Yep. yep. Went into my, I got coconut on me and boy, did it dry it. Yeah. Yeah. So coconut helps dry things out a little bit for the dampness in my system. I decided that was the way to go. And then I added pumpkin spice and I just used the the blend that we had, which is probably, I think, the same as the blend that is on the website. So it had cinnamon, probably I think that was the dominating flavor and some ginger in there. And mm-hmm. I can't remember. The Cardamom. It says pumpkin spice in the label. Not uh, make. You know, <laughs> probably. Yeah. So I I poured some of that in there and then I bumped up the cinnamon a little bit because I really like cinnamon and cinnamon, the sweet flavor aspect of cinnamon often means I can use less or no sugar. Mm -hmm. I did use sugar. I used brown sugar. Don't apologize. Don't apologize. But, you know, you got to make the medicine taste good. Yeah, you do. So Mm -hmm. I didn't use a ton, but I did use some to give it that little bit of sweetness. Mm -hmm. And, um, And then I added a little bit of ghee. Because okay. ghee is gently warming and it's one of those like, it's one of the oils that anybody can use, any constitution it's positive for. Okay. So I was like, you know, I like my cocoa with a little bit of a little fat richness, in there. a little yeah. richness yeah. in there. Give yourself something, something to eat. Your stomach does not want to be bored. Yeah. And it also, ghee helps your body better digest the spices that you're putting in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like that's why they tell you that turmeric should be taken with ghee or with an oil of some sort because mm-hmm. it just helps your body better digest it and accept the medicine or the, the chemical constituents. So that was what I did. And I drank and I only ended up, it was an afternoon. It was later in the afternoon, like three or four o'clock when I did that. And I noticed that 
within about an hour of taking like the beginning to drink, it took me like a, a half an hour just to drink the half that I did because I was doing other things at the same time. But I noticed within an hour of beginning drinking that, the cocoa that, <clears throat> excuse me, that the swelling in my tongue was going down and the swelling in my sinuses had, had gone away completely. Mm. And then I ended up offering the other half of my cocoa to Patrick because I also noticed that the cocoa part of it was making me starting to like overstimulate. Oh, okay. And for me, this time of year, I have to be super careful with that because if I get overstimulated, then I don't sleep. And if I don't sleep, then the next day I'm even more easily overstimulated. And then I won't sleep even cycle. worse. And it's a yeah, cycle. it becomes insomnia really fast. Right. Sure. Yeah. Mm. So, but he enjoyed the other half of my cocoa. That's good. Even with all the candy mm -hmm. spit in it. Yeah. That might've made it taste better, actually. It probably did. Yeah. Because I'm so sweet. Oh, married people. You can <laughs> gross. 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 That's gross. <sighs> so that was my big um, <laughs> pumpkin spice to the rescue remedy this week. Nice. Mm. Well, I used... Uh, I, and checking out all of this lovely pumpkin spice stuff, I focused on clove. Nice. You know, for working in a clinic, that's a that's a herb that we use a lot, especially dental. Um, and that's primarily what I in the past have used it for. Most people are aware of using clove oil for numbing things in the in the mouth, but um, we have a lot of staph infections that we deal with, and one mm. of the things, and that's not uncommon to any clinic, let right. alone a free clinic. Um, because we deal with primarily, well, not primarily, about half of our people are unhoused that right. we handle. And for staph infections, especially for people that are unhoused, walking around with essential oil is a problem. Yeah. So I haven't, you know, I've, I've had the thought before, well, why don't we just put some essential oil on their staph infections? But I've been leery about putting it neat on yeah. a staph infection. Also, yeah. people just walking around with essential oil in general is like, and it breaks and then what then they have a mess they have a mess yeah. and how do you how do you clean that up if you're unhoused right. you know if you don't have a washing machine or even oftentimes even a sink even if you're to, not unhoused that's a big it's mess. A pain in the neck yeah. yeah but anyway so i didn't want to inflict that on people so what and in my research about staph infections is they've talked about apple cider vinegar and how good that is and then with clove making a clove tincture is a I haven't really seen much success with that as far as um, taking the analgesic properties out. So that's why most people rely on the essential oils. Um, however, apple cider vinegar does extract those um, analgesic, the numbing properties. Nice. So I made a, and I talked about this last week, um, a clove apple cider vinegar by just yeah. putting, simply putting yeah. the powdered clove into apple cider vinegar and the then letting and it then, stand and you let it stood like a week yeah and, and shaking <laughs> it up shaking it up yeah. and that was my little experiment and um, plenty of people were more than anxious to try this so uh they i put it in a spray bottle as we had talked about mm -hmm. and the little plastic spray bottle one ounce spray bottle very easy for people to walk around with nice yeah um for i had one housed person and then a two people that were unhoused. So this is not super science here. This is just the experiment. And they were using it to keep them from scratching. Mm -hmm. And it also work? it did. Nice. Yeah. They nice. were very pleased with that. Like it, they'd spray it and then wait a little bit and then, then it's numb and they don't feel like scratching. And then the inflammation, what I'm noticing when they're coming back and showing me the wound, me and the nurse, the wound yeah. is it's reducing it. You know, with staff, you get those little 
blisters, yeah. those were disappearing very quickly, good, a lot good. faster than we're normally seeing. Um, and also the cool thing about the apple cider vinegar is that's that's helping clean that wound. So yeah. for people that have limited access to bathrooms and basic hygiene, that's been a real boon for them. That's helpful, yeah. For the person that was housed and has, you know, can wash their hands whenever they please, uh, they they found that they're, they'd had reoccurring staph infections. This is um, related to a diabetes. Sure. Um, so they found that the ones that they were treating before were also not leaving scars. Nice. Yeah. And I don't know, nice. I have no idea why that would be true if it's just for that person or right. because of their diet or I have no concept about that, but that was something right. that that person re- reported. And this nice. was a middle-aged person. So who, nice. you know, I don't know. I'm not sure, but uh, she has had reoccurring staph infections for the last four years, I believe before. Wow coming in so she she's pretty darn sick of it yeah (laughs) so she was excited about that and then we added a couple of things and she was also using um and this is something that's very common is there's a topical antibiotic that is a prescription Mm -hmm. so people are still using that in conjunction with it we're not i'm not i'm not going to tell anyone not to use a topical antibiotic Staff is kind of dangerous for staff exactly careful yeah yeah if you stop that then that's how we have MRSA right so mm-hmm. don't stop it prematurely and using that in conjunction that's that should be fine yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. so um i was asking people to to clean their their wound and then spray with a um clove apple cider vinegar wait for that to dry and then put on the um on the antibiotic ointment or in the case of um one of the people they didn't they there doesn't they don't seem to be reacting very well to antibiotic ointment, so they're not right. even buying it anymore. So I have a suspicion that might be MRSA. And of course, the only way you know if your staph infection is MRSA or not is by getting a lab test, really. Right. Yeah, yeah, which so, can be spending. Which can be spending. Yeah, especially if you don't have insurance. Everything yeah. is spending if you don't have insurance. But the other thing is adding uh, for these people is now adding the uh, um, comfrey topically that to sense. that. Yeah, you might want to consider adding cardamom to your. Um, vinegar blend. Oh, the molecule that's most studied, if I remember correctly, um, how to say it is terpene 4-L-O-L hmm. in tea tree, uh-huh. which is famous for getting rid of staph, including MRSA. They've studied mm-hmm. it in the lab against staph and that's staph also and in cardamom? And it's in cardamom, and it's actually in higher concentration in cardamom than it is in tea tree. Like the the, the um, upper parts of tea tree, the leaves and bark and stuff that they use to make the essential oil. Right. So cardamom has it as a stronger complement just in the little cardamom seeds. Okay. So you might want to consider adding that as a backup to help um, to pair with the clove. That's a good idea. And it'll also help if anyone has sensitivities or potential creating sensitivities, it'll help reduce the potential for that by bringing in another herb to help out. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, one of the things that I've, I've always um, offered to people that have staph infections is organ grape and that's internal. Yes. So we were yeah. pairing the topical external yeah. treatments. And actually you could use the cardamom internal. as an internal as, as well. well. Yeah. And that would pair well with the organ grape in terms of As helping. a tincture or just as a as like a, part of teas? As and, a part and, of tea in the food. Sure. If you, you, could, with that. you could add, you could definitely add it with your tincture blend to the organ grape. Hmm. 
Hmm. Um, we were talking about, I, was, I got to take a webinar with Michael Tierra this last week, mm-hmm. and he was talking about a concept called, hopefully I pronounce this right, Diyao, Diyao, D-I-A space Y-A-O, which is a, a Chinese medicine concept. And the idea of it is that you pair multiple herbs to do any one function. So, for instance, you're trying to help them antibiotic-wise with mm-hmm. the organ the grape. and the organ grape, yep. Yeah, so internally you're using the organ grape and you want to pair a couple others with it, mm-hmm. pair like at least one other with it mm-hmm. to do the exact same function right? because they will enhance each other, but they'll also be protective. So if someone might potentially develop a reaction to organ grape or their body gets used to it and doesn't really work anymore mm-hmm. by having another partner, you reduce that potential. Right. right. So what's the name of Michael Tierra's school again? Um, it's the East West School of Planetary Herbology. Mm-hmm. Sure is a famous one. Yeah, I love the way that he um, blends Eastern and Western concepts in medicine as well as the actual herbs themselves. And it's he and his wife that are teaching this together. That's great. Yeah, thank you, Michael Tierra, for helping everybody with your wisdom. Yeah, so anyway, I thought I, in separate things, I was looking at cardamom and noticed that it has that turpine 4 OL, Mm -hmm. which is, like I said, the same one that tea tree is known for. Yeah. I wonder if it's in ginger, too, because cardamom is in the Sinzibar family. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. I about that. Didn't look Got to do more research. Yep. You'll the herb labs always continue. So the last thing I looked at this week was um, cinnamon. Oh, and, cinnamon. Yes. yes. And the thing mm-hmm. I was looking at was there's cassia cinnamon and Salone cinnamon. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Salone cinnamon is just called sweet cinnamon. Yeah, I, I pronounced it Cylon, but yeah. I don't know if that's, if it's like a Cylon. And I'm just thinking because of those things from Battlestar Galactica. Could be, I don't know. Maybe it is a salon is a region in. It's a city, Sri isn't it? Lanka, mm-hmm. And teas come from there as well. And I've heard people pronounce them as salon, so that's why I could be it tomato, was. tomato. I could be mispronouncing right. it, but either way, it's the expensive cinnamon versus mm-hmm. the less expensive cinnamon because cassia is considerably less expensive. Yeah. So if you go to a you know high-end grocery store that has both, they usually label the expensive one. It's called sweet cinnamon or salon cinnamon or Sri Lankan cinnamon. Mm-hmm. And it's twice the price as regular cinnamon. Right. Regular cinnamon is cassia cinnamon. And that's the one that uh, when you look at the, cl- the sticks themselves are more like paper looking thing rather than the the thick bark the thick bark that i'm used to seeing because most of the grocery stores i frequent Uh because you're so (laughs) snooty most of the ones i frequent have cassia cinnamon which is the cheaper variety Mm -hmm. and the cassia cinnamon is the one that's actually been studied more in science in Ah. scientific studies okay um but what they found in the in the few studies i found that talked about the Salone one as well, is that most, it looks like most of the constituents are fairly close to the same. Mm-hmm. The Cassia one is, like I said, more studied and the concentrations of the specific chemicals they're studying are higher in Cassia. Sure. But the Salone one is also good. Medicine. Also good. Yeah. yeah. We keep finding that, you know, you can taste things in these, yeah. sometimes these volatile oils or alkaloids, you can taste them or sometimes you can see them like in yes. berberine, you can actually physically you see it. it. And with the cassia yep. cinnamon, the it, the flavor is a little bit spicier. It's a little rougher, mm-hmm. but it's it's more like in your face heat. In your face yeah. heat. 
where's the Salone one is. And that I've seen the Salone one, the the sweet one. I've also seen it in like Indian um, grocery stores and Asian grocery stores. And you'll see it and it's more expensive and it's like special. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's always some special name for it, but it's pretty much cinnamon bark that's really papery and thin. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And the flavor of it is lighter and finer and a little bit sweeter. Mm-hmm. So if you're really trying to do a fancy dessert like gulab jamun, you know, then you would say that uh, word again. Gulab jamun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so listen to it's, that. It's pretty much Indian donuts soaked in rose water. Oh, and if you're going to add Lord. a little cinnamon to that, something that's delicate and fine like that, the Salon one would probably be the better choice. Sure. But if you're talking about just good medicine, like my cocoa experiment, the cassia cinnamon worked just fine. Hmm. And it did a good job of heating it up. So I thought that was really, it was interesting. Once it's already ground, you really can't tell the difference by looking at it, mm. maybe by tasting it. Oh, but, yeah, I bet. But they don't let you open the jars in the grocery store and taste oh, they're it. they're so rude. Yeah. You know, you spit in one or two spice jars and then they don't let Which you back. Jar. It's so rude. It's so rude. Yeah. You've noticed also in your in your travels the, the difference in colors of ground cinnamon. Have yeah. you noticed that yeah. the colors tell you anything about the quality or... Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I want to say from that, harvest to harvest. Yeah. Or... I mean, personally, I tend to be more attracted to the cinnamon, ground cinnamon that's um, got the darker, more yeah, reddish. Yeah, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. And that flavor is definitely distinctly the cassia mm-hmm. cinnamon. Um, the ones that you brought over, we looked yep. at one that was a little darker and one that was a little lighter. And I think the one that was a little lighter, we had, liked it better, didn't we? Yeah, it, it did. I think it had a higher percentage of the sweet cinnamon in it or the, mm. the, the Salon style. Right. And so, it could vary like with um, any other plant, it can vary from harvest to harvest and place yeah. to place. And who knows? Certainly. Know. Mm. So I thought that was an interesting aspect of cinnamon. Right. Well, folks, thank you for joining us for our Cinnamon Spice Herb Lab. And don't forget to check our social media resources and the Practical Herbalist website to find out more about it. Our show notes have lots and lots of links. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication. Or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem, any testimonials, questions or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.